Welcome to the Automotive Diagnostic Podcast. We're going to explore ways to sharpen our diagnostic skills, find learning resources, and hear from experts in the automotive field. This podcast is brought to you by Jarhead Diagnostics. Jarhead Diagnostics manufactures in-house diagnostic equipment and storage solutions, as well as distributes for companies like Pico, ATS, and Topdon. One of my favorite tools that I have bought from Brandon and Jarhead Diag is the case for the U-Scope. If you don't have a U-Scope, you probably should, but if you have one, you got to get one of these 3D printed cases, has a magnet on it, has a full-size BNC lead that you can connect to, and it gets rid of the weak point of that scope, which is the mini BNC connection, which is pretty fragile. This case makes this thing nice and secure and makes it an even better tool than it was. So check out jarheaddiag.com. The link is in the show notes. Hey, for this month, November 2023, all shipping for Jarhead Diagnostics products is free. You don't pay for anything if you order something in the month of November. That's jarheaddiagnostics.com. Check it out. This episode is brought to you by autorescuetools.com and Isaac Rodell. If you're looking for scan tools, key cutting equipment, programming laptops, Isaac is the guy. Not only does he have an extensive list of all of those things I mentioned, his support after the purchase is top notch. I bought my Dolphin key cutting tool from Isaac several years back and he has helped me out every step of the way. Anything that I needed on this thing, I didn't quite understand. If I had an issue with it, I needed something additional. He was easy to get a hold of and helped me out with that. So I highly recommend that you check out his website if you need anything related to keys, scan tools, diagnostic equipment. And again, that's autorescuetools.com. The link will be in the show notes. This episode is brought to you by autorescuetools.com and Isaac Rodell. If you are looking to get into module programming, but you are not sure what kind of laptop you're going to need or how to set it up for programming, Isaac is your guy. He can set up laptops specifically to do control module programming for specific brands with partitioned hard drives and all the software that you're gonna need to do this. He also sells key cutting equipment, scan tools and other diagnostic equipment. Um, I bought some stuff from him in the past and the support is phenomenal. So I highly recommend checking out the website. Again, that's autorescuetools.com. The link will be in the show notes. Hey, if you need an update for your Autel scan tool, make sure to check out Auto Rescue Tools this month, November 2023. They've got updates on discount up to 40% off. So make sure to check that out. Get those Autel scan tools up to date with all the newest features. The promotion ends November 30th. Hey, what's going on, automotive world? Welcome to another episode of the Automotive Diagnostic Podcast. My name is Sean Tipping. I'll be your host once again for today's episode. Thank you for joining me. 
On the show this week, I've got Donnie Sanford joining me. Donnie's been on the show before. He works in the parts industry, and he's recently made a transition from owning his own store to managing a store and working for someone else. And that's going to be the topic of our discussion today is some of the pros and cons of both working for yourself, owning a business, entrepreneurship, because we talk about that a lot on the show, right? And I'm sort of biased that direction because that's what I've done. But also the other side of it is working for someone else, working for a company, being an employee. What are the benefits to that? What are the reasons you might go that direction or stay in that place versus running your own show, right? And uh, it's good to talk about the other side of things. Since I mentioned, I talk a lot about the doing your own thing. Um, But there is a right time and place for both. So that'll be the focus of our discussion. We're also going to talk about some key stuff, but always good to get to talk to Donnie. So with that out of the way, let's jump into the episode. All right. Good evening, Donnie. How's it going? I'm good. How are you, Sean? Uh, I cannot complain. Uh, really busy. Actually, this morning was interesting because we had nothing on the schedule. Like when we got up today, there was nothing, which is very odd. We haven't had that. I don't even remember the last time we've had that. And so it's kind of nice, though. We just all I told Steve, I was like, oh, just hang out at home. We'll give you a call if something comes in. <laughs> and um, it uh, it was just a nice leisurely morning. I, I went to the bank and got some stuff handled, got a few other things handled. And then everybody called all at once and said, <laughs> so and then we were like booked out a day and a half. Like all of a sudden I'm like. What were a lot of you people doing yesterday? But I'll, I'll take it. I guess however it comes. That's awesome. That's right. It comes. It always comes in waves. Like at the at the punch yeah. store, we'll sit there and it's like quiet and it'll trick you because you're like, okay, well I'm gonna start this project and like cleaning up or some, something back there. And then I swear to God, they get together and they're like, all right, us three are gonna rush the counter. You two call on the phones. You know, it's like it always happens in big waves all at once. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird how certain jobs or certain things will come in waves, too. And I've experienced that my entire career in the automotive field, where you'll just get three or four of the same thing. And and it's not I'm not working in a dealership either. You know, I'm in the independent world, seeing all makes and models. And then all of a sudden I get, you know, three or four of the same make with the same problem and the the programming is no different right yeah. it's like there'll be a stretch where all we were doing was the um the tcms and the uh, what are they the ford focuses and the fiestas and stuff yeah. like that which is like every other call was one of those and then i think it was parts driven on that one but then we wouldn't see any for a really long time and then there'd be another big wave and i think it was just when they could actually get modules um are those back then had in the height of the back order, I had one and I had to send it to um, down that shop down in Texas to get rebuilt. Like it was the only one I could find. They were the little Ford Fiestas underneath the battery, the yep. transmission control module. Yeah. Yep. Are they back in supply now? You know, I am not sure. <laughs> I don't know. I know they had just an insane back order, but. I haven't I been doing as much of them recently. I think I called you and was like, do you know anything on these? I said, the only place I'm seeing is eBay. And you said, if you get one from eBay, get five. You're going to need five. <laughs> yeah, those are so bad. 
Well, number one, they didn't differentiate between Fiesta or Focus because they're they look the same. They bolt up, they plug in, and they will actually work. But you got to do some some trickery to get it to happen. But if you get a Focus in a Fiesta or a Fiesta in a Focus, it won't work. There'll be no com between the cluster and the TCM, and you you won't be able to program it. It'll just boot you out. Um, but the other thing, even if you did get the right one, it's whether it communicated and then I, I had one where I was I was actually cloning him on the bench so I was like plugged into the module on the bench and all I did was like hook power and ground up to it and the programming device like turns it on like a little puff of smoke just came out of the connector when it turned on <laughs> And I I double checked my connections because I was like, did I screw something up? I'm like, no, this is how it's supposed to be hooked up. And then as soon as I saw that, I ripped my connections out of the thing. And yeah, so those those Chineseium ones left a little bit to be desired, I guess. That's gotta be the one that had to be the worst feeling in the world. I see a little smoke coming. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, just, I mean, I'm glad I didn't buy it. You know, and just I tell all these shops, hey, you're gonna do. Uh, you know, eBay, Amazon, it's a roll of the dice, you know, like for me, people trying to provide their own keys seems to be one of the worst too. I've got, I, somebody brings their own keys, I won't do them. No, uh, well, I tell people, hey, I'm going to come out and we will attempt it, but I'm charging you full price if your key does not work, right? And it's nothing to do with us. And that happens because I got burned on it too many times. And so I tell them, hey, I guarantee you my keys will work, and if they don't, I'm not I'm not going to charge you anything. Um, and there's you know warranty on them. I know where they came from, blah blah blah. But yeah, people buy them off of Amazon. Now, and is that for shops or is that for? Uh, or is that not even walk out like walk in be like regular on the street people? So <laughs> I key work is is tricky because I try to keep it to business to business only. Mm-hmm. And I'll try to only do it through shops. Well, of course, invariably your number gets out there. Hey, yes. you know, and all, yeah. especially in like an all keys loss situation, because that is that is good money. Um, is. And so th- that's usually where it is where people are, you know, providing their own keys. Or if a shop has called me in for a customer job, yeah, yeah. they want to supply their their Amazon keys for it or whatever. And this, like if you're trying to do a Nissan, you know those stupid Nissan keys. Every single one looks the same, but like yeah. it seems every single vehicle has a different FCC ID on those things. And I've been beat up with that. I'm like, I have I have a freaking stack full of these Nissan keys, and it seems like every time I get one, I'm like, I don't have that one. What the heck? <laughs> like none of these will work. <laughs> you know, all the FCC ID. I'm working on. I want to be able to show you that, dude. If if there was a device, if anybody out there listening knows of such a thing, I can't find it, that would pick up a signal from a key from any remote that's broadcasting, uh, you know, electromagnetic wave and come back and give you an FCC ID, that would be the coolest freaking thing in the world. I would go buy one right now. Click. So send me a link if you got one, but I haven't been able to find one. You could tell the frequency... But that's that's where I run into a problem. Is the key will have the same frequency, but it's a different FCC ID, and so the car yes. just doesn't observe it, right? I've, I've got a I've got a customer that we go out to. He's insanely smooth. I mean, I wish like next time when you vision, I wish come here. I 
this is one of the guys you just, he's one of those guys that you walk in next to him and you just start, he starts talking and you start feeling smarter about stuff or you start feeling stupider, however you want to look at it. <laughs> uh, he, he started out his career at, at our, our local GM, did it for years. He was their drivability. Um, and, but he is so good with electronics. Then he's, uh, he's on his own. His shop is out in the sticks and, and, uh, he does a lot of hot rodding, rebuilding. He does rebuilding hot rods for people. He does the dealerships bring him things like when somebody can't figure it out, they bring it out to him. But now he's kind of gotten on a thing. That I, don't, I can't really talk about too much. They got it under wraps. Like I go out there, I have to let him know I'm coming, whether stuff's in the shop I can see or not. And he's, they got a new battery that they've created and he's in on it. I mean, he, I was back to where I was going before I went down that rabbit hole. He, I was talking to him about that. And I was like, man, how can I do this? And he got on to the long thing about, well, the body going through the body control or the ECU is where that signal goes. And, you know, we were hashing that out. And, you know, that would be the thing. He said, but it's going to be in the stream. And then the FCCID is on a national register. And that's about as far as we got. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yeah. Like, yeah. If we could figure this out, it would be, uh, I wouldn't have so many keys stacked. <laughs> well, it's it's yeah. That I have a lot of keys in stock because I ordered the wrong one, or I couldn't figure out which one the car needed ahead of time, so I just ordered both. And so yep. then I've got the the one that didn't work. Now that one's in stock, and I'll probably never use it because it'll be some like you know Japanese made thing mm-hmm. that doesn't come to the states or something like that. A key key and Hyundai are terrible. Yeah. They seem to have multiple options for every single one of their vehicles, and even using RepairLink and stuff like that, I've I've had a tough time. I actually had the dealership sell a customer the wrong keys, FCC-wise, right? Frequency was the same. The physical key was the same, but I could not get the remote programmed in. But I could program the old one in. This, again, was a customer-supplied key, but they're like, yeah, we're buying it from Kia, and couldn't get it to work, but the old one would. I'm like it's it's got to be this key so i ended up you know searching and searching and thinking around and i'm like this is the other key that they list tell them you need this part number they did came back it worked fine and so obviously the car can identify the fcc id right i i don't pretend to know exactly how it works within the structure of the message maybe that's step one into figuring this out but obviously the car can make that determination because those two Kia keys, they were both, I think they were both 315 for the mm-hmm. frequency. Yep. The frequency is the same, but something within that message is different mm-hmm. in regards to the FCC ID, that number that you see on the back. So what is that? It must be readable somehow. Can you That's translate cool. it from a message? I don't well, know. I was looking at, and that could be wrong. So please, somebody on this, let us know. I believe, right? So you have the RFID is the signal. Now yeah. your FCC gives the instructions. So like if you were to think about it like Morris code, it'd be like dot, dot, dash, or dash, dash, dot is what that that's doing. I could be wrong. Okay. I've been trying, okay. To, trying to unlock this mystery because it aggravates me and it wastes me. Yeah. It wastes a lot of time. <laughs> and you look so silly. Like, oh, it's it, it was one of the surprising challenges for me getting into keys, right? Like the cutting of them, I actually was surprised by how quickly I was able to pick that up. Now, I, I think the 
technology involved in today's machines is a big part of that. Not me, but that's like the stuff that's out there right now. You can figure out how to cut keys pretty dang quick. Um, but it's the other that's that little stuff that's hung me up and been a sticking point. And yeah, getting the right keys because they have multiple options for one. Um, but yeah, if anybody out there is listening to this podcast and you are, you know, somebody who's an expert on even just like radio frequencies, I would be, I would love to have somebody on the show that like really knows that stuff well or has a lot of experience in it. Cause it, I actually find it really interesting. Just the fact that you press a button on a key and a little three volt battery sends out an electromagnetic magnetic wave, like at the speed of light to your car. And then it responds to it. And like that, that to me is pretty crazy that that just works. And it deciphers it. It can know the difference between all the one. Yeah. Yeah. And like, uh, this, well, it, and it's neat just to even get fascinated with how the chip works, you know, with going in and the coil, and that's what gives its energy to fire back. You know, right. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. The, and then the anti-theft portion of it, too. Obviously, <laughs> there's a steep learning curve there. I know you've been doing a ton of keys lately, and it's it's just like every new car is a new challenge in some way or another to do these keys. I had three to do today, and one was that Ford truck. It didn't work out. I was telling you about really early customer came to me and it, it had a I believe to be an ECU problem and then they took it to them and they called me and then uh, the other one was just a Honda obviously I knocked it out pretty easy but yeah it, uh, but the keys is uh, it keeps you that's I think it's why I kind of like it is it it you got to really use your brain <laughs> sometimes <laughs> yeah or know some smart people that can help you out for but, sure uh, that's that's been my move uh, uh, I'm always calling you of course Hey, my calls have gotten less and less. Either I'm, I think I'm getting a little better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, oh, man. That time I called you when that guy had shoved the wires in the ODD, and it was crazy. It wasn't, you know, you know, FaceTime me. <laughs> Let me see. <laughs> yeah, I, I do that with my employees sometimes. I'm just like, it would be easier if I could just see what you're doing. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, the key's been going good. You can keep leashy. I haven't, you know, when we took that class, I bought one. I got kind of motivated. I got to where I could do it. But, oh, it's such a, I don't know. That's not really my jam. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, I enjoy it because it's kind of like a puzzle, but I was on a Toyota a couple weeks ago where it's all keys lost. And, it's 20 bucks to get the key code legit, you know, through NASTIF. And yeah, you got to file some paperwork, but what does that take you five minutes once you have the information? And I already do have the information. If I'm doing it all keys lost, I'm getting all that stuff anyways. I'm not going to help people steal cars. So what's 20 bucks to just have the code, especially now the temperature's dropping in Minnesota. I am, I'm pretty much strictly a code smith once the temperature gets below freezing because <laughs> doing leashy when you can't feel your fingertips is not fun time is money and yep well, yep if i had a demo with science and i could just go up there and feel so confident that i could just do it it would be a different story for me i know it takes hours that i don't have i would rather do something like i like to play with and i'll show them here on the table with the electronics and stuff <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i'd rather use that time that way Yep. Yep. I know. I, I totally, I totally understand it. Um, 
in a situation where locks have been changed, that is one point where it's nice to be able to do that. Um, and I've run into that a couple times. Luckily, not a whole lot, but the Kias and Hyundais, again, is an example where that happens quite often, actually, yeah. because yeah. these things are stolen so often. So they're changing over lock cylinders and things like that. And so you can get that cut code fairly easy for one of those, but it's not going to work because they changed it over. So what do you do now? And I actually did find, what was that on? It was a newer Kia. <laughs> and these things are so unsecure. You can leash the lock cylinder, the ignition lock cylinder. Like most cars, you can't do that. You, there's the sidebar or whatever, so you can't do the ignition. I wish you the ignition in this thing. Right? That's the keys are the ones you could use the USB drive and make them oh. start. Is that the one? That's very possible. I haven't seen that. Somebody's seen something. Somebody was telling me that about them, that, that you could use a USB. I don't know. I was like, huh? It's kind of crazy. I had a sign on today that nothing like uh you know because I got the, I got a little app on my phone and the key didn't look like anything like what the customer had and I went to UHS I went to Transponder Island uh, I went to a couple different and none of the keys looked right to what the customer hmm. had um I told him I maybe like, some oh. aftermarket key or something oh that's what I said but he said that was the factory key he got uh, hmm. I was like uh. I'm probably just going to take one of my generics. I got the blade, and I'm just going to take one of the generics up there and, and make it. Um, but it was it was it was wildly. There's probably something he gave me his he gave me the VIN, but repair link wasn't very much help on that one. Mm. Yeah, sometimes sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes calling the dealer actually has been um, yeah. pretty helpful for finding out you know part numbers and stuff like that. Um, and I, I do use websites like UHS all the time just for, to see what key do I need? Oh, yeah. Um, because you can, you don't even need an account. You can go on there and search and I'd say 95% of the time they're pretty accurate as far as the options go mm-hmm. and what you might need, the part numbers, the FCC, all that stuff. Um, so yeah, it's, it's actually a pretty good resource. Even if you don't order any keys from them, it, it's really yeah. good information. If you're trying to figure that stuff out. Um, That's the key is figuring out the right info for the, what the key is, what it goes for the car, what it's supposed to have. Yeah. 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 Even with one car, you can have so many different options. Uh, for a particular key it's like is it a push button start or is it not a push button start what's the button configuration you know fcc ad frequency blah 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 blah. um and so a lot of times i have my guy doing the phone so i'm like just have them text take a picture of the key and text it to you so you have a like you can see the physical key here's the buttons it has here's the configuration and that way we can't mess it up because that's another one where you can make a key, you can do everything right, it's all great, but the buttons aren't the same as the one that they had or have. They're yeah. not happy and they don't no. want to pay that that yep. fee. Um even if it's too many buttons, right? Like you can you can say, Oh, I'm just gonna get the one with all the buttons and then I'm covered no matter what and they don't like that. So I don't know, you can take a little like acetone and wipe See, off the white part, but when we took that class, I always get that one that takes my acetone and wipe it off, but that's yeah that's exactly what happens if it doesn't if it ain't exactly right like it's like i'm not paying what, what's going on what's this button do it's like well it's, yeah yeah <laughs> i have a remote start now it's supposed to, it doesn't work what the hell <laughs> yeah well, um, yep 
So uh, you uh, you've made some changes in uh, what over the last six months to a year. August um, one was the date we we switched. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, maybe uh, maybe we start with that if you want to just kind of share with the listeners. Um, you were on a podcast. I don't know how long ago was that. That was over a year ago. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Oh, yeah. Probably. Probably even more. Anyways, um, you had originally come on and we were talking about parts because you owned uh, CarQuest, right? Uh huh. I owned a CarQuest Auto Parts store. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So what's happened since then and where are you at now? Oh, man. So, yeah, so we came on and we talked to the, the, the relationships between the parts and the shops, right? And how we go. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I was a business owner. Which, you know, like I was doing, you were talking about going from, from teaching to do, and I was telling you, hey, like, you know, you know, working for yourself, I've always thought that's the way to go. Um, but, and I'll say this, you're kind of blame. I was, I was at Vision, you know, doing some yeah. training, and uh, yeah. I ran into uh, one of the guys from Napa, you know, you know, at the corporate, and we were just, well, it also started, I was in, because uh, while I was there for the key, I had some, like, time. So I took a couple other classes just to just to do. I took uh, the one with Scott Shotton, uh, and then I took another uh, misfire class. And it's like just happened to be the one that I was sitting next to a guy that was a Napa Auto. And he was like, "Oh, I'm a Napa Auto Care," you know. So I'm talking to him, and he was telling me about it, and just and he just had a really good feeling about it, you know. And I was like, "Huh." And some of the things I was, you know talking about, some of the things I, I've been struggling with. And, and then uh, another class, I sat next to a, another shop, and they were Napa Auto Cares, and, you know, just, and I was like, huh. And really came down to me, and I'd been trying to grow. Um, in this business, you've got to be, I was a single store, and I wanted to be a multi-store, right? So, like, I wanted to Okay. Because kind of the way parts work is, you know, like you guys know, you have to have a lot of stuff. So you have to, and you can do that if you have multiple stores, it's easier. You can stage things, you can spread things out. So mm. you have one thing here. If you have it over here also, you don't have to wait for it. You can get it from your other store. There's a lot of multiple things. You can sure. Do. And just trying to to go, I'd worked with another, Carquist had worked with me on taking over another store. It didn't work out. And it didn't go well with me and that owner. Like, feel he kind of went back on it. You know, he shook my hand that he was going to sell to me and, and didn't. And then uh, we were going to do another, the, the corporate store. They talked about letting us do that. And then COVID hit, and that didn't really work out. And I was like, and I was stuck, right, just stuck in between these two stores. Like, so I went 12 miles this way. You know, we would argue over territory. If I went 12 miles another way, we'd argue over territory. Mm. Absolutely, was frustrating me. And yeah, uh, but all, all in all, my store was, was doing good, very successful. Um, was really like I said, if you'd have asked me eight months ago, seven months ago, I would have said no way. There's no way I wouldn't be sitting here wearing a Napa shirt, you know, and not, <laughs> not, owning, my, not owning my business. Uh, and I even said it on your first podcast. I mean, I'm not. I even said I don't ever like bash another brand. We sell probably eighty to ninety percent of the same stuff. Now some product lines do, you know, between your rotating electrolytes and things like that, they are different, right? Um, but you know, a lot of times those things, brake lines jump from brand to brand a lot. A lot of things do. So you don't you do a disservice by really bashing another brand. It's always the people, and uh, 
you know, people buy parts from people usually, uh, mostly. Right. So talking with Napa to get back to my story, they had a plan to get me a couple stores and then the guy's name was Bill Hayes, great guy. I hit it off with him. Like he took me to lunch, was talking to me and he just kind of was like, have you ever thought about selling? Cause I, I had mentioned those things about, cause they had a plan. He said, we can get you some more stores if you want. But he said, have you ever thought about selling? Just kind of threw it out there. And us, and cause we'd talked about, there is a, multi-store owners that are in my area and they, they own a majority of the ones around. And I said, I'd mm-hmm. be in that same boat. And he said, have you thought about it? And I said, man, everything's for sale. Right. And, uh, mm-hmm. so, and, uh, but I didn't think really that much about it, but Bill kind of like, you know, just sit down and talk to him. Like, you know, cause you're going to, and he put me in touch with them. Um, and it's Miller auto Miller auto supply and just talking to him on the phone. they he's like, really good to talk to. We went and had lunch and, uh, you know, we kind of have a lot of the same like thinking business wise. Um, you know, and just, and really it came down to, I really felt like we just, I don't know, just, I felt like, man, that's a, what a good organization. Um, so it's, we were, you know, they, I'd never sold a business before either. So that was kind of an Mm -hmm. deal. Like, uh, uh, we kind of worked out terms and, you know, I just, they were really easy. They were really great to work with. Um, in this business, like, I don't, you're, it isn't like one of those things where you like, um, I'm fascinated with business too. I love like business and all things about it. And it was, so that was another thing that was kind of fascinating for me actually going through that process of selling the business. Mm -hmm. It's not like where you think like, well, I got, you know, last year we did 1.3 million in sales. So take that times three is what things do. A lot of this business is your equity you put in your parts. And mm. that's, that's where, and you know, I know some part store owners, you know, and that's what, that's the way it goes. You know, uh, met a really good guy at one of our conventions, you know, and he'd had his stores for years and that's what transferring it over to his children. They were going to buy all the parts off of them and all that, you know, it's an asset based, um, you know, okay. Cause any other store could pop up, get a storefront they can roll in and do, um, I feel. And they made me a really fair offer. I mean, they made me an extremely fair offer. It wasn't like, you know, I, I still got to work. I mean, it wasn't like that kind of crazy. It was a really fair offer. Um, and, you know, wanted to keep me on. Um, and it's been, I will say, like, it hasn't been like, oh, you know, there's been some struggles. Like, but you're going to have that, right? You're going to have. Uh, yeah. They right. came in and. I'd been operating for five years. I really felt like I had, I had things locked down. And when we switched, um, after we, we pulled the trigger on August one, we changed to Napa. They came in, they pulled things off the shelf. And I basically felt kind of like I started from square one again. You know, I was at down oh, yeah. on the first day, like, cause some of the stuff had been moved and, you know, things were not where, you know, for like five years, I've been able to say, Oh, well, you need this. It's right here. You know, so uh-huh. that kind of got, disoriented me and it's, it was a new computer system I had to learn, but, uh, it's been a great, the thing, uh, the main difference I'm experiencing is, uh, I was their 17th store they acquired. And, uh, okay. So it, it's a pretty good operation. It's still a family run business, yes. family run business. It was started here local down in Eldon, Missouri. Um, and I, I can't stress enough how great they've been. Uh, the main thing before for me was, you know, when you own the business, right. Like, and, uh, nothing ever comes to you. that's easy, right? Like it's always at the end of the day, <laughs> right. if it was easy, it got solved. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, but it's always like when it, before it was always, like, Oh man, it's like, 
And some days you feel like you're handling nothing but problems, right? And which, you know, I love being a problem solver. And, you know, now I have people, you know, we have a district manager, we have things and just like, you know, and I will say this, they've, they've let me really, I mean, they told me, we'll let you just run the store like you've been running it. And, you know, they got a plan for me to do outside sales. Um, they were really, uh, they really liked the key stuff so far. I mean, they just said, run it like you've been running it. And I mean, I, okay. you know, um, uh, it's been going really good, you know, so I've, and now if I, like, I have an issue, it's like, I can call somebody. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Send it up the line a little bit. <laughs> so, I mean, that's nice. Uh, you know, but I've always had the mindset that I work for myself, even when I'm working for somebody else. Right. Like I've always, okay. been, you know, you, I do a good job just because you need to do a good job, you know, you, get, you know, so I, I was in the army for a long time. Uh, you know, I own my own car dealership. I've worked at places. I worked at a bank. Um, you know, it, it, it always comes down to how you are, but it is, it is nice. Like being a part and I have more parts and availability on things. I have more resources to solve problems, which that's what the name mm-hmm. of the is. And, uh, yeah, it's been really good. Like we're, we're hitting our stride. We're starting to get out there. Um, like I said, we're getting, uh, another person in and uh, I'm really excited about where we're, where things are going to go. Well, that's cool, man. That's, that's good to hear. And, um, yeah, congratulations on, on that. That's, that sounds really good. Um, that was the reason, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on here was, you know, I put out a lot on the podcast, you know, doing mobile and doing my own yeah. thing. And I talked to a lot of people who are doing the same. And so a lot of my discussions and content is biased in that direction of doing your own thing, being, being an entrepreneur. And I mean, there is definitely, definitely a case to be made for just having a job and working for somebody. Mm-hmm. And that is the right move for a lot of people, right? Entrepreneurship and doing the business owner thing is right for some people, but definitely not all and mm-hmm. vice versa. And, um, you know, I just don't, I don't talk about it much like yeah, working for someone, <laughs> you, you know, but you know, you, you made that transition, you know, from one to another. And I guess, yeah, that's sort of the sort of stuff that I'm curious about is like the decisions that went into that, what you miss, what you don't miss. And I mean, obviously, like you're saying, like you, you have to be the resolution to all the problems as a business mm-hmm. owner, right? Yeah. It's eventually going to fall on you if nobody else can or is willing to solve it. And you might still be able to reach out for outside help, but it's not, you know, within mm-hmm. your business. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you are the <laughs> the tech support and the HR and you know, you're you're trying to solve everything. And so it is, it's a ton of responsibility. You know, you can't turn it off. Yeah. Um, you, you know, you're going to go home and for me, probably still do work or at least think about it. You know, I was checking in, thinking about what's Never going on try. tomorrow where, if you you know just employed by somebody, and I can say this because I was for a number of years, hey, I clock out, I'm done until I come back here. I'm not thinking one bit about it. <laughs> um, I still haven't got that. Still haven't got that. I, but I'm, I've been, I've always been that way. Like where I don't, you know, it's like uh, I never was that guy. Like, I'm always thinking about it anyway. And uh, you know, like we just went to Colorado, and I was like. You know, I hope everything's going good at the shop. You know, how's things going? Are they doing this? Are they doing that? You know, um, 
I still have that. I think the biggest struggle for me where I, I, I struggle is, you know, I was the whole picture, right? My shop was the whole picture. So if I wanted to do something, this is what I did. Right now, mm-hmm. now my shop is a part of a larger organization, right? So there's a big picture and I'm one dot in that picture. And, you know, so I always have to kind of, I, I try to put a lot of thought into, cause I think sometimes I'm just used to like, right. You know, like when it's in front of you, you're the most important thing. Right. Whereas sure. when you got multiple things, you know, like, I imagine they're probably like, well, calm down, dude. Like, you know, that's not that important, but it's important to me. You know? uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So try to put a lot of thought. I got to get that key made for that Silverado. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, or just on things like, you know, we need to solve it. We need to have this, you know, and I can pull the trigger before. Um, um, I'm still got, I mean, I'd say they haven't, I mean, I hope I haven't done anything. They, I'm still here. So, uh, <laughs> uh, but that's kind of cool trouble is, is, there's a great bit. There's a bigger picture than what's what my store is. And, you know, like I got, you know, you know, where you fit, like, you know, I mean, there's like, you know, just because this place needs this radiator right now and I need something to go get it, you know, like, well, you know, calm down. There's this place needs an engine. This place needs this, this place needs this, you know? And sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but by and large, yeah, it come down for me. Just, I really think it was a really good fit. And I think, uh, it was a good deal for me. It was a good deal for them. It was a good deal for Napa. Uh, probably wasn't a good deal for CarQuest, but. Hey, have you ever been faced with the challenge of sourcing, installing, and programming a used control module in a vehicle? I know a lot of us have. It seems to be happening more and more often today with the volume of control modules on vehicles, the cost of some new ones, or even the availability of new control modules in some cases used may be the only option. So what do you do here? I strongly recommend checking out SJ Auto Solutions and Tommy Oliva. Tommy offers a cloning service for used control modules to make these things plug and play for the vehicle that you're working on. In a lot of cases, he is also able to source the control modules if you're unable to locate one for the vehicle that you're working on. But once you get connected with Tommy, he's going to offer fantastic support from start to finish to make sure that that control module is going to work in your application. He's also got tech support that he offers through his website, along with some free resources there as well on information about used control module programming so make sure to check out sj auto solutions i can't recommend that enough did the employees at the stores uh, like stay did everybody just transfer into napa or how did that work uh, it's, everybody stayed um oddly enough my one employee and he's been with me for a long time he actually left me went to work for them for a couple years and then came back um, so he, oh. yeah, so he kind of knew, you know, and I was, you know, um, and he's been really good with it. Uh, you know, everybody's just kind of rolled right along. It was a little frustrating sometimes, like when, uh, a lot of the people struggled, same as me, you know, I had to go get some sodas and some lunches here and there to keep everybody like, you know, keep that morale going. Cause you know, it's, <laughs> 
when things have been really easy for you, like, you know, like the simple things, like, you know, it's like, oh, I need this, uh, I'm just got this is anything, just like, you know, like Permatech stuff's right over here, and you just grab it. Well, now it's not there. Yeah. And this yeah. is display, and it's so, and it's like, oh, man. So, and then, like, you go in, there's a lot of pressure when customers are in front of you and you call or you're trying to find something. The computer system's a little bit different. And, yep. and uh, there's been, it's just different the way you look things up. I like it, mm-hmm. um, but I'm really used to the other system we had. You drilled down in categories, and you drilled down to it. Where this one's more like a Google search, and it's taken us all a little bit of time to, you know, learn the system and 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 uh, learn that. And uh, yeah, yeah, but I feel like this this last month we've really we've we're really kind of back. You know, I kind of feel really confident. Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. The, the growing pains, anytime you add something or make a change or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I've been going through that. My new key machine is it's, it's nice. It works great, but I'm having to kind of learn everything over again. Cause it's a totally different brand. And, I heard you talking about that. What, which one did you get? Uh, I got the Triton. Okay. Um, I've been looking at those and so it it's it's a really nice tool, but there's just little quirks to it that are different than the XOR stuff, and certain things it will do, certain things it does differently, and so you just have to you know fumble your way through it. But that's exactly what it is. It's like this key would have taken me you know ten minutes before. Now I'm here for a half hour, yeah. kind of screwing around, figuring all this stuff out. But that yeah, it's like you do that a few times, and then you're back up to speed to where you were. Um, but it's yep. always that that period of time when you're transitioning kind of sucks. That's um, exactly right. And Michael, muscle that muscle memory on what you do. Yeah, for for me, a lot of the, the part that I like owning my own thing, running the show is is being able to call the shots on stuff, um, and, and that goes across a lot of things, like whether or not I want to take on a job. Um, you know, how much work we want to take on in a day, like what time are we done? What's our last job of the day? Um, saying, saying yes or saying no to certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, all that stuff, even, even when it comes down to what tool are we going to buy or what jobs are we going to pursue more? All this stuff. I really do like being able to call those shots. And I think that was one of the biggest hangups I had of working for somebody else, especially yeah. in a shop, because you very often, at least I very often did not have a say in that sort of thing. You know, it's whatever they decided to take in the door, whenever they decided to take it, you know, that's that's what that's what you're going to be working on. And, yeah, there was some room for you to, you know plead your case of, Hey, I don't want to do this. Um, but at the end of the day, it's, it's what they would take in. You know, it's that intermittent misfire that only happens once a week, you yeah. know, or this big rusty you know, one ton van that they want you to do breaks all the way around on. It's just like, uh, I get. I mean, yeah. Okay. It's work, right. Shouldn't complain, but I really yeah. do like the ability to just say, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> we'll pass on that one. Maybe I'll do um, breaks anymore. Hell no, I don't do any breaks <laughs> at all. Uh, I should. I I put brake pads on my van, so I guess I'm lying there. But uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't do tires. 
I had, I have somebody else do the tires for me. I never do another tire again. That and that was the stuff we get, right? It's slow and like if I, I'm talking about a Firestone, you get the oil changes and then you get the snow tire changeover. That was that was the absolute worst. It was a snow tire changeover. We get those and I think you got paid you got paid less than a normal set of tires, which wasn't even that much to begin with. You got like six tenths for a set of tires. You got less for a snow tire changeover, even though you're doing the same thing. And ugh, it was it was awful. Anyways, I miss any of that stuff. <laughs> like is anybody like uh so like with diagnosing, like uh, you know, I love I do love business, like in you know, all of its like, you know, I love running my own business, but I'm still a part of running it. Um and mm-hmm. you know, like I said, they if it wasn't such a good like, I just got a really good feeling and uh just kinda hit it off. Like I got the same and I like I kinda I was able to jump on board with them and hopefully help them grow this and expand this and, and help their organization. You know, so that's, you know, like I said, I, I think, you know, I kind of got to watch, like making sure that, you know, you know, also for me, I'm always, I think about things now, like in these last couple of months, like huh, it's tough when you have employees, like it's, uh, I make the joke all the time. Mm-hmm. Like I went to, uh, I went and got a college degree in business. Right. Uh, but I think I should have took three all the time. I was like, I should have took gymnastics and psychology. You know, I majored in business. <laughs> should have took gymnastics and psychology because I feel like I'm always jumping out, jumping through my ass and talking people off ledges. Like, that's my job. <laughs> like, and it's like, it's like at the office and at the shops, you know, it's like, whoa, man, so everything's always, ah. And, uh, you know, the business side of this, like I watched the, the I think, that was the thing that shocks me the most. Right. So like I came into this, you know, I retired, opened up a parts store. I'd always worked on my own cars. I'd had a little, uh, a, a D tag and had a car dealership while I was going to put myself through college. And, you know, I ordered a lot of parts. I did a lot of things. I thought like, oh, I know this, but it was an eye opener. Like it's different. Like it's uh, there's a lot more involved. Uh, and just like, I see what really gets me is like the mechanic world, what I see the mechanics have to do, like I'm walking into the shops every day, I really, I do enjoy it. That's one of my funnest part of the job is being out there and being in the shops and talking with them. And, uh, but the recognition, like the diagnostic stuff that I see you guys do is like, it, I guarantee you lawyers and doctors, you guys, the stuff you're pulling off, like I see people do, it's like they, and you don't get paid like them. <laughs> And you you should. I mean, the amount of work and research and studying that I see see people doing and and, and stuff pulling off, it's just like it's it's, it's amazing, you know. And McCaffrey, yeah, they don't get the recognition you deserve for what happens, you know. Because it was so funny. I saw a shop the other day, like they pulled off, like us. It was a like a tip of module, and you know they figured out there was comms going in, not comms going out, and they they'd done all this work, and you know in the end I think the customer was mad at them, and it was like because and it was the module wasn't working, it was it was something crazy about the way it was reading, and I was like the way they broke it down and actually, but it took two days longer than what the, it took a day and a half I think, and you know the customer went, okay you know, you know and just you see that and you're like. Do they even understand what they just did to pull that off? And right. I, I guarantee they didn't get as much diag time as it took, you know. Mm-hmm. And that is so like that. That does blow me away with uh, 
you know, I've always been super impressed with that, with the shops, like what it takes to diagnose these vehicles today. It's a, it's no easy task as you know. (laughs) Right. And, And I think that's what's driven so many people to start doing, you know, this type of thing that I'm doing on their own is because whether it's recognition or compensation or combination, it's not there, you know, in, in the shops or it hasn't been there in the shops. And there's obvious exceptions and people doing really good stuff, but as a whole, it's very much so true is that the, the compensation for the people who are doing really, really good stuff wasn't there so they've gone out on their own and so now you know you rewind 15 years ago and there was some mobile guys but it was very few um there's nowhere near the amount that there is now but that's that's exactly it is the what's required to do the part of the job that we do it's it's just it's created this need for for people to do it and it just didn't work inside of the the shop systems that existed um and right because you could come in because like the model why doesn't the model work in a shop that repairs that because you see it so much and you're just what you you do it a lot so you're quick with it right so you can knock out more than they can yeah yeah and it's just uh, you know the flat rate pay scale you know, didn't work. It works great for parts hanging and repair work, but not so much for diagnostic. And I think there was definitely a time. I mean, I know there was when I was a tech where you could be great at parts hanging and just okay enough to get by on the diagnostic and even use the parts hanging ability to your advantage because you can swap out three or four components real quick to figure out what it is, you know? Um, And so you didn't, you didn't need that to be successful unless that's really what you were focusing on. Like bring me all your diagnostic work. I want to do all of it. If you're just a repair shop, you could get by, but it it just more and more and more. If you have a repair shop, you got to have somebody be able to tackle that stuff, whether it's inside or outside of your shop. And the, the the model of pay just didn't keep up with what was required to get the the whole vehicle done. But I mean, of course I'm I'm biased because I do it. But I think the idea of specialization in the different areas right. is it makes total sense, right? The whole you don't have a house repairman, you have a plumber, electrician, an yeah. HVAC, a roofer, a painter, blah blah blah, right? Same idea with the car. It's just the car is mobile, so you bring it to a shop. But, hey, having somebody come in to do a specialized service for it, I I don't see it as a bad thing. I see it as a good move by another business owner, right? And so you'll you'll have the shop where maybe they shouldn't be (laughs) in business based on the skill level that you're coming in to help. But then you have the opposite, too. You have these guys who are very smart. They just have realized, hey, I have guys with X skill sets that can hang parts and bust out work. And that's what they're best at or that's what they're most suited to. That's what they want to do. Let's keep them doing that. And then we'll call Sean in to tell him, you know, what part to get at it. And in a lot of cases, there's a lot of shops I go to. It's not that they can't. It's that 
efficiency wise and how they have their structure set up, it makes more sense for them to throw parts at it and to pay me to tell them what part oh, to throw at it. And, and so they're, they're utilizing that, that skill set to increase their productivity and even to take on jobs that they wouldn't have otherwise, right? Like they can update that uh, Chrysler infotainment system now say, sure. Yeah. Bring it in. We'll get it programmed. Um, and not even have to think twice about it. They don't have to check their subscriptions. They don't have to update their this or their that, you know, they're just, it, yep, we'll take it. And then they, they call somebody who can and they make it happen. So, and, and I see like, that's one thing like, I've thought about that. Like, so if you had a shop, like, like you said, your money maker is on your hanging parts, right? And, and doing those brake jobs, doing the oil, you know, not probably not the oil changes. I see them. Everybody always tells me that the oil changes are not profitable, but, uh, I think, you know, I would look at it too like that. Cause am I going to spend four hours or five hours, like, right, working this car. Because in the end, on that one truck, we did call a guy that we knew that was mobile. Um, um, he He's the one that saved my bacon on that key fob, I was telling you, or that key that didn't start. Okay. I took it down. He helped me rework it with a hot, hot, hot air gun. And, uh, you know, I called him up there, and, you know, because the shop can get back to doing the stuff that's profitable. And everybody in this day and age, everyone's shorthanded. Everyone's shorthanded. So to, to have one of your people doing that, you can have them – doing those money jobs and knocking that out, you know? So it makes total sense. Mm-hmm. I get it. I get it. It just, yeah. But I do say I, in awe, some of the stuff I see, like the, I don't even know the best word for it, but how just what it takes to fix a car is just crazy these days. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and like you mentioned, the, the average person driving a car has no idea. Mm-hmm. I actually, it wasn't even that long ago. I was out over the course of a weekend, just out meeting new people, having fun, you know, events or whatever. And of course the topic is what do you do for a living? Okay. And it, I, I have found explaining what I do to people. They're like, they're like, all confused about it. Like the, the question I'll get is like, Oh, the shop just can't do that stuff. I'm like, no. <laughs> and there, and then the other thing was, and I got this three times in a weekend. They're like, well, I thought you just plugged in the computer and it told you what was wrong. No. And I'm like, well, not exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, the, the average person and hey, I don't necessarily think that they should have to, but the average person just doesn't understand what goes into. I didn't. And I was figuring out repairing these, you know, five years ago when I opened this up, you know, I thought, okay, I work on my own car. You know, I do a lot of this stuff. I had my dealership, you know, and I had a guy that worked for me. I, he wasn't even a, he was barely a parts changer, you know, but he would do like the, you know, I would send him over to get stuff. I outsourced all my mechanic work when I had my car lot, but just knowing, you know, I was always calling and doing and, and you know, I really thought I knew it, but man, what it takes to fix a car. And also like, I don't think as a business, you could just, You'd have to be a really high level, like the, all the subscriptions for each of the different ones and everything you need to do. It just makes so much yeah. sense to just have one person because you know, unless you were seeing all these things all the time, it just would not make sense to me. I mean, I couldn't see you as like paying for that subscription or, or, or you know, and then yeah. see it three times a year or something. Yeah. You'd you'd have to specialize on one or a few brands, which again kind of goes back to what I'm saying is the specialization part of it really makes sense to yeah. to zero in on something specific and be really good at that part and then 
not have to worry about the entire car because it's it's too much. Um, uh, Unless you have a a shop set up well enough and a customer base right where you can have a person for each area of the car. But I don't know. There's probably models out there like that. Um, Maybe in the bigger cities. You know, big cities. Well, and even like Fonslow's shop, um, he's down in Red Wing, a couple hours south of me. And they kind of have that going where they'll their shop will take care of it all um from keys to 8s diag programming whatever and matt does a lot of the the technical stuff and then they have people for the repair side of things um but that's not an easy thing to replicate right that's not just like poof i'm gonna do it that's definitely outside of the norm you know (laughs) um but that that goes back to you know being the business owner and making those types of decisions, right? Like what type of work are we going to take on? When am I going to pay somebody else to do this for me? And you've got to like weigh all those decisions and try to figure it out on the, you know, the balance sheet of what's, you know, going to make sense for the business. And that's, yeah. that's a big responsibility. Huge. Huge. You know, just like when I took on doing keys, you know, it was kind of by accident. I just kept having people walk through the door of my parts store and ask me, do you make keys? And then, you know, I was like, how many times do I get asked this? And uh, so then we had those like doormen where you could, you know, you could buy them off the shelf and program them. And every time I'd sell, every time I'd sell one of those, I would end up out in the parking lot trying to figure it out because they're <laughs> just going to return it with the package all tore apart. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, then I started researching keys, and then the way my I kind of got that brain where you know I like to figure things out, and and then I, that's how I happened across your podcast. But I was researching keys, and I saw this one that said key episode, and I was like, what? So I listened to it, and then I got to listen to your your podcast, and and I kind of I tell people all the time I kind of leaped before I looked. I went and bought all the equipment I was like, Oh man, now I got to, you know, I started doing the math on it. You know, I started breaking it down. Like, okay. So I got to sell so many keys to make this profitable. Right? <laughs> yeah. I need to do at least like, I had it down to like 39 with the programming fee. Like I, and I'm, I'm like that. Like I got an Excel sheet. I break it down. Like each of these keys, so much of this goes to pay back this, you know? And then, yeah. but man, it just takes you over. Cause well, this does this and you got to have this. And you gotta have this. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. And then you, you run into something that it, oh, I can't do this. I got to buy this thousand dollar tool to do this one job. Um, yeah. And I'm like, why can't I talk to this Dodge? You know, this newer Dodge. Do you have auto wealthy? Do I have auto what? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. yeah, I do now. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. No, it never ends. There's, there's always something. And I, I try to do that like, yeah, what's my ROI on this? And sometimes it's tough. You know, uh, that's been that's been a tough call to make. Is like, do I get this tool or software or whatever just to right. be able to say yes? And I'm not concerned about am I going to make my money back on it right away or if ever? Um, or is that something that I just say no to because it doesn't right. make sense? And that see that's a tough one. Like, do you do you lose that customer? Because you might if that's the first time they call you, or that's you know what they really wanted were expecting to get out of your services, and you like, now nah, we can't do that, or we don't do those, and then they don't call you, and then had they they would have turned into an awesome customer with a ton of work. Right. That's that's usually my thought when I'm trying to weigh the decision. But then at the same time, if my key machine you know costs me four grand or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's a big chunk of change. Like I got to make sure 
Well, I should say this, actually, my ADOS stuff right now is kind of that for me. It's like I spent a lot of money on my ADOS kit. It's a lot of money for me. You got the and top-down? The top-down ADOS? I, I did, yeah. I got the mobile uh, top-down one. Um, and I have to make sure <laughs> that I'm making a focused effort to try to get those jobs because they don't just walk in the door for me. Uh, it's something where I've had to really kind of push and get out there and talk to people and get some more of these jobs. Are you, because are you getting it? Are you starting to see it? Yeah, it's slow. It's not something that exploded quite like the module programming or even like keys. Um, you know, I was kind of looking, we're almost to the end of the year. I was looking at totals of stuff and keys have done really well this year. Um, but all that stuff grew pretty organically where the ADOS stuff, I've really had to make an effort to, to push it and it hasn't grown uh, quite as quickly as I like. I think part of it is there's some bigger companies local to me that have already established themselves pretty well. And so that's been a limitation. Um, but again, it's like one of those things where you have, you have to weigh the decision as a business owner and take on that responsibility of, do I want to pursue this? And then, okay, if I pursue this and it turns out to be a bust, uh, you know, <laughs> that's on, that's on me. And it's, you're you're responsible. Here, here's my thing too. It's like at first it was just me, right? I uh-huh. was just on my own, and if I fail, it's on me. Well, now I got a couple employees. Yeah, that's that's when you're wearing the hat, right? Like, yeah, and so yeah. now you are responsible for their success as well, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, you got to. Yeah, they need their paycheck. And you yeah, right, right, yeah. and you want the business to do well, so you can continue to employ them, and you know, see them do better. Like I want this, I want to see them both make more money next year than they did this year. Okay, well, that involves the business being better, right? So that's a responsibility. Obviously, we all share, but to be mm-hmm. the lead on that, hey, that's me, and I don't have you know somebody else to call <laughs> to do that for me. Like I've got to, I've got to figure that out. Sean's got to take that on. Um, and I guess the reason I say that is just for somebody to think about, you know, if you're like, oh, I hate this job, I hate working, you know, for somebody, whatever, I want to go out on my own. Well, that's the sort of thing that changes for you is like, wow, you got these big weights on your shoulder every day to make sure that, hey, this works out well. Um, and hopefully you can get the right team around you. And that makes it so much exactly. easier. I know by the um, sounds of it, you probably had something similar or have something similar with the team around you. I did. It's always, you know, you're always building the team and the, the people. Man, I know when I first opened the first year, I didn't even have myself on a salary, right? And, uh, you know, and people are like, how'd you make I, I don't know. I have this thing, like, you know, I was, you know, you, you talked to me before. I was always, I'm, a, I'm I have a real entrepreneur heart, right? You know, I mm-hmm. that, and, you know, I was telling you, like, you know, hey, a ship is safe in harbor. Remember I told you that a ship is safe in harbor, but it's designed to sail, right? Yeah. You know, like, go for it. And, uh, you know, it's just, uh, you know, there was times that first year, I know that my employees made more than me. It happened a lot, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but these, you know, it just, it comes, it starts building, it starts building, it starts building things get a little easier, get a little easier, start doing the uh-huh. next thing you know, you know, we, we turned into an S corp and you know, me and my wife okay. both had paychecks and, you know, kind of had it lined out, but I know, yeah, there's some, you know, business, starting a business is rough. It really is. Yep. Yep. It, and no well, it's going to cost you 
way more than you think it will. Uh, you can sit down with a pen and paper and just say, well, I'll have this expense. I'll have to buy this, not to pay for this. And then, okay, well, then there's insurance. And then yeah. there's taxes of every kind you can think of. And oh, wait, when you have all the taxes, there's another tax that you've got to pay on something else. Um, it always, then, it's, always like, it's like when I describe it as like when you're playing checkers and you didn't see that. And they jump you and you're like, what the hell? Like, you didn't see? like <laughs> that happens all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. That's why I always think of things like, oh, man, I didn't see that double jump. <laughs> You know, I, I got hit when you, well, when COVID was raging and inflation went up, uh, I had my parts increased in value, right? So like the price of parts went up, right? So, okay. so normally, typically in a normal year, like who cares, but they went up so much that the value of my inventory went up that it ended up causing me about a $6,000 tax liability and oh, geez. You know, right. Cause my assets went up. I did okay. not see that coming. Right. I did not see that coming. So then I got hit with, hey, we owe, you owe six thousand dollars because of this. And I'm like, <laughs> that's not money. I cash flowed. I didn't cash flow that. Right. Right. All that stuff was already sitting that. on your shelf. Yeah. There's six thousand dollars that I got to come up with to hand over that I didn't think about. Right. There's there's always it. But I was ready for it next year. <laughs> 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 you know, uh, it's like you got to do those things. So then. You know, we do our inventory always in December. So this last year, what we did was we did a, a build where you, uh, what you do is you, we called it a, in Carquest, they called it a spin and you can bunch of inventory that's sitting there. Like I always, in, in the parts business, you look at what's sitting there on your shelf, right? And, and I haven't sold this in three years. It needs to go and put money in something else that's going to sell, right? Okay. So what I did was went through, uh, my wife's amazing. She helped me out and like we, Ran a report and I said X amount hadn't sold. It's good to go back. We pushed it back and then after January bought, you know, rebought, like replaced that. We just did it right there at the end. So it worked out. So then we didn't get hit with that, you know, and, you know, talking to my accountant, she's like, I was like, you didn't see this? Like we didn't know it. Like never had a year where, where prices increased like they just did, you know, never right. had that. <laughs> you just well, don't do that. Th that's, I mean, that's a great example because I would have never have guessed that was even a thing to consider if I was going to be opening up a parts <laughs> shop. I had, I didn't know that they evaluated yeah. the the parts that you have sitting there, and then they tax you on <laughs> if they go up. I mean, yeah. the the government is your business partner. <laughs> as oh. long as you're doing well, <laughs> and then, <laughs> no, they were there whether. You know, there's a lot of times like you look at your bottom line, like you know, and ran really good books. You know, I've always been been good about that. You know, and we, <laughs> and you look at the end of the month, and it's like, ah, it says you made all this money. You owe us. You know, it's like, what? Well, it's not here. <laughs> you know, well, it's setting in parts, it's setting in Donnie's new key machine, and this. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So you get to like what? What? I didn't make this. Are you kidding me? Uh, oh yeah, you made it. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at end of year stuff, and um, my uh, van is it's almost to three hundred thousand, and I was like, I'm gonna get it to three hundred thousand, and then it's probably it's realistically probably time for a new van for me, but financially, 
it's a good time too. Cause then I, you know, like, okay, end of the year, let's, let's get a new van and put that on. So it helps with the taxes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, another area where I hire a specialist cause I need yeah. advice when it comes to that tax stuff. So I have a tax guy. Oh, you got to pay that. <laughs> you know, you got to pay your accountant fees and that's totally worth it. But just like, yeah, another, another expense like that. Um, whereas an employee, you don't, you don't, I mean, you could have a tax person individually, but, um, and that's what, you know, cause every month we were going through, uh, you know, every month I sat down, I was going through our, you know, look, <laughs> looking at the financials every month and I would go over it with our, with our accountant lady, you know, and, you know, and every month, Hey, you're doing great. You know, da, 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 you know, you're, you're not, you know, this work, it always gives you, you gotta look at those things. You've got, that's one thing I always tell a friend of mine, he's getting ready to retire and he's got a business plan. So he calls me a lot, and I told him, I was like, here's my, here's my thing. I love business, right? I love donor business. Uh, honestly, it just, as a businessman, it was a good deal, and it was the best move for both organizations, right? Like, like uh, I really feel like, and, and I feel like it was the best move, and we're both really stronger together, right? It just, it was a great move as a business. Um, but I told my friend, I said, you know what it's like? It's like, it's not like, it's like being in an MMA match. Except for the fight didn't start in the ring with your opponent. You know, you start in the locker room when you start thinking about opening your business. And then you got the people mm-hmm. telling yourself, like, oh, I got to get this. I got that. Or that ain't going to work. And self-doubt. Or like me, like you go to set up and you got to get your building. It's got to pass code. And you got to do yeah. these things. And like you feel like you're just fighting your butt off just to make it to the ring to start fighting. That's what it's like to own a business, right? It's yeah. Like- yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of build-up time to you know, like you have to will it into existence and th- that's a tough period of time and if you don't really love what you're doing i, I don't know how i would have made it through the mm. you know the beginning stages of where <laughs> i was at right like to get to the point of having enough work and having a yeah um a system in place to hire somebody that took a really long time and a ton of work to get there and yeah. That's that is definitely something to consider for somebody who's thinking, oh, I want to do this is like the beginning stages are not going to be easy. It's going to be a not. ton of unpaid effort to yourself. <laughs> you know, I mean, in the <laughs> long run, but like in the short term, you're not going to be seeing all the returns for all the work that you're putting in. And mm. it, hopefully it works. Like sometimes it doesn't work out. And then no. all that work, you're not getting paid well, for. So you know, that, um, first, that first year and a half, you know, I think back now, like, you know, I was pretty, uh, you know, headstrong, you know, I read a lot of the business stuff. I know, you know, I'm always like going, but I'll tell you, looking back now, a few things went just the wrong way. I, I don't know if I made it, you know, I don't yep. know. Like at the time I wasn't, uh, I didn't see it that way. I was like, Oh no, there's just no way this is not going to make it. Like I have my vision. It's going to work. And you know, it does. And, you know, it, it does. It's tough, man. Owning a business is tough. It, uh, uh, you got to fight for your business. You got to, f- <laughs> you got to yeah. fight to get paid. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. You know, uh, uh, by and large, I'm, I've been really good with that. Has, but it's, it's always, I had it when I had my car a lot, you know, it's like always, it's like, you know, just like in this there's business, always somebody that you got to hound to get that. Mm-hmm that payment for sure. Uh, yeah, we experience that same thing. There's just, there's, I have a customer who will not pay the bill until they need something else from me. And, yeah. and we're, 
we're on them because of this because we recognize the pattern. But it's like this bill goes unpaid, unpaid, unpaid. We send reminders, call them, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then it'll get paid and we can see it come through on our QuickBooks. It's like 10 minutes later, they're calling us because they want something fixed. <laughs> like, come on, man. <laughs> I know, right? It just makes you like, guys, am I going to have to put you on like, you pay me? Right, I right. I mean, there's, yeah, you got to, you got to make those again that's a call as a business owner that you got to make it's like oh, how am i going to handle this when am yeah. i going to stop working with somebody that's that's another thing that i've had to do is a couple shops oh. just like sorry hey this doesn't this doesn't work i am saying no to your business that was kind of a tough thing for me but you you've got to make that decision again because that's okay this is what's best for yeah uh, all parties well, involved what- that's what's rough. Like, you know, like sometimes my guys would have, it's like, Oh, I can sell all these parts. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm not going to pay for them. So I'm not that though. No, don't send those, you know? Um, it's like, you know, th- those sales mean nothing if you don't collect on them, you know, yeah. or, you know, it's, it's actually worse because you know what you put, you know, for us, it was, you put gas and effort for like you, you spend an hour or two out there messing with something, you know, where you could have been doing something profitable and, uh, you know, and it's hard to say no to a sale. You know, it really is. It's hard to say no to a sale, but that's the best thing to do sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But especially yep. when it comes to, you know, at the end of the day, we you always hear it. It's a business. It's got to make money. And everybody's in business. And I had that the first year. I struggled with that, too. Like, uh, you know, I'd have some, you know, some. That's what I tell people all the time. Like, you know, you think you have a big parts bill. Right? People are like, oh, the parts bill. I owe you. And it's like, you think you have a big parts bill? Try getting an eighty thousand dollar one or a ninety thousand or a hundred thousand dollar bill at the end of the month. You know, holy like, cow! <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know, uh, sometimes you know people don't. You know, and it's like it's a big deal when they don't pay you right off. You know, it's like how many of those people can you float? I think I had a really good. Uh, I met a guy. He'd been in the parts business for a long time. Uh, we were we were on one of our uh, oh like a. They had us at one of the resorts, and we were learning about stuff, and, and we were taking a profitability in your store class. And he'd been doing it for he's been doing it for a long time, and uh, and I, I talked to him still as day. I call him all the time, and you know he told me that he's like, you know what the biggest mistake business owners make, especially in the parts business, it's like three thousand dollars is a lot of money. That's a lot of money. He goes, you know, mm-hmm. your parts guys will push that out there, and they'll think, oh, you know, I'll do that, and you know, we'll carry it for ninety, one hundred twenty days. That's a lot of money, and you know, I got to think about it because if you get three or four accounts like that, that's tough. Yep. You know, yep. and you've got to keep control of that. You've, and that's one of the things. You know, I fortunately now that's kind of one of the big things. Now I don't deal with that. You know, I kind of, I mean, I, I still try to like, you know, I want to make sure, just because, and that's where I struggle also is I don't know what. Uh, <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. that's not really in my job lane, but on the other hand, I kind of feel responsible. Like, you know, I don't. I want to make sure they get taken care of, you know, so. Uh, right. You know, but it's yeah. nice not to have to worry about that in regards yeah. to your paycheck at the end of the month, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because that's what I always tell people all the time. Like, you know, like the <sighs> when I, my parts bill comes due, I can't say like, ah, get you next month. You know, I can't. Right. That's my lifeline. You know, I had to have that. So, you know, and there was shops. It is business. Part of business is, you know, you do, you have to kind of look at that and assess it. You know, I had one shop that did, uh, they got behind and I was just starting out and I let it go way too long because I really wasn't confident enough into going in there and saying, like, I need my money. You know, it's a hard thing mm-hmm. to do. It shouldn't be, but it's a hard thing to do. Like, I need yeah. my money. And uh, same guy, after I talked to him, like, that's when I was having that discussion. And he spun me up on me. He said, hey, you know, uh, they need their money from the customer. They get their money from the customer. They need to give it to you. 
you know, that's just the way this thing rolls. And, you know, that's when you just got to, you know, you got to keep hounding them. And you know what? I went and talked to him. And honestly, it was really good for me because it broke my uh, fear of that. I went and had a discussion. It was something. Yeah, we're having this right here, but we got this in place. And they came through. And you know what? I've never had a problem with them. You know, never had a problem with them since. Uh, It was just kind of a, honestly, if I'd have went and said something earlier, it probably gotten taken care of earlier. You know, so I'm like, sure. You know, I kind of felt bad. Like, why didn't I bring this up to? Like, how'd you let? How did get this bad? You let it go this bad? And I'm like, oh, I do. <laughs> right. You know, I was like, oh, I kind of figured. You know. <laughs> yeah, it's. Um, I've been lucky there. Like you say, though, like I haven't had one individual customer that's been really bad about paying. Like, just there's like the one I mentioned. But they do add up, right? It's like, right. oh, all of a sudden I got ten, fifteen of these unpaid bills. I'm like, yeah. oh, that's that is a decent chunk of change. Um, and so now you got to sort through and call all these different people. But if you can, like, you say if you set something up, I have like Firestone Tires Plus. They're they take like thirty, forty days to pay, but they always pay. So I just gotta exactly. wait for it. But yeah. and you know, and there's a difference when you know that's the deal. Like you know, you're waiting on that money. You can plan for you can it. You know, plan it. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. But yeah, it's a tough. That's what business is. Uh, it's fun. It's exciting. It's stressful. It's uh, mm-hmm. crazy. But it's yeah. uh, yeah, owning your own business is a different deal. It really is. In uh, uh, like I said, I if you'd have talked to me, like I said, a few months ago, I'd sit and do away. This just turned out. I mean. Sometimes as a business person, you look at it and you're like, that's a great offer. You know, uh, yep. Yep. you know, it's a good offer. And I was also really, for me, I wanted to be a part of their team. Uh, they're, just, they're doing some exciting stuff. I feel, uh, it's, it's, you know, they're growing, they want to grow. Uh, and you know, yeah, like I said, it's nice to actually have other people. There's, I've met some, some people that, man, you know, in this business knowledge is everything, and just some, some really smart people that have been doing it a long time. And you can, it's nice to say, hey, have you seen this? Yeah, I've seen this. And you know, that's because of this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's, we have a, like I said, it's, it's, uh, yeah, I'm really excited. Like I said, I would never have guessed I'd been there. Like, I just, from a random bump in at Vision uh, to now. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. Uh, well, it, yeah, it's it's crazy how stuff works out. Uh, you know, I, same thing for me. If you would have rewound, rewound five years ago, there's no way I would have been able to tell you exactly what I'd be doing in the way that I'd be doing it. And then, oh, yeah, yeah, you'd quit teaching to <laughs> run your own mobile business and have two employees and be like, whatever, no way. Um but that's was it stressful that, when yeah. you when you I know what it was I know what it was because I know the first time I hired like I, I hired somebody right out the gate and then I had to I couldn't get everything done that I needed to get done but I'm looking at the books and the books don't really say I could hire somebody but <laughs> you know and I remember making that call like you know well the first one I kind of cheated my wife I uh, I got in there and I was like invoicing and doing all this stuff. That's a whole other one person job. And I was just going to try to do that all myself and I couldn't. So my wife's really good at that stuff. So I basically, you know, she kind of hit it around. She wanted to come into work. I was like, she, you know, wanted to be a part of it. And I'm like, yeah, here you are now. You know, she's been, she's 50, 50 owner on the business with me. She was. And, uh, 
you know, she came to work with me every day and, you know, we made it happen. She took care of the back end and all that financing and all, and, you know, the, the statements and things like that. And she, she's really good at that. And she also handled a lot of the inventory stuff. And, you know, I did the sales and the counter and, and, and that. So I kind of cheated on that one because I could never hire what I got because <laughs> I wasn't paying sure. her. Much. I wasn't paying her. Yeah. Much. You know, we took a, we took a huge pay cut the first couple of years, uh, so, but then it came, it got to where it's like, man, yeah, I needed one more. I needed somebody else to be able to grow. And, uh, you know, and I remember we were talking about it. We're looking at it. I was like, we can't afford that. We can't afford it. And, you know, we just finally just said, you know, sometimes you got to go backwards to go forwards. You know, you, you got to mm-hmm. go back and then it works. And, you know, it just took a leap of faith, got it. Boom. You know, honestly. And then now it's like, oh yeah, that's the, yeah, we got to have that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't be able to live without it. And uh, yeah, same thing. For me, well, first, I've heard of a lot of the guys who do mobile that I know doing the same thing you did where they get their wives involved for <laughs> answering the phone, invoicing, whatever. So yeah. you're not alone there. Um, but, yeah, when I first hired my my first guy to run the second van, um, I had gotten to the point where I was overwhelmed with work. And so I knew I needed to do something you know, whether it was start turning stuff away or jack up my prices enough to drive pe- some people off or I decided yeah. to hire somebody. But that first couple months, like you say, the expenses of it like didn't make yeah. any sense. And so there was a rough period where I'm just like, man, this is this is costing me a lot for what I'm getting out of it. Well, it, you got to be willing to take the hit there and be prepared mm-hmm. for that financially to get through to the other side. And now we're doing way more than we yeah. ever did before. And I, I couldn't see doing this, you know, without him. And then we added a third guy and that was even <laughs> tougher financially because he wasn't out fixing cars. Yeah. He's not generating he's, revenue, right? He's not yeah. directly. Right. And, but and you're so creating more revenue because you're out there more. Yep. Right. We can focus on what we're good at and then he can make us more productive in a lot of different ways. Um, everybody. Um, and I've, they've given him a bunch of roles with like marketing (laughs) and things like that too, that are helping. But again, same thing. It takes a little bit of time and then all of a sudden it's like, okay, well I, 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 sometimes you put the need in front of yourself and you just put it into place and then you make it happen, right? Like it forces you to be able to afford it because, well, it's here. It's we, you know, I made the decision that it's needed for this business or it's beneficial to this business. I'm now going to make it work, right? Mm -hmm. You, You find a way to not only make it affordable, but make it profitable. And then we're like, okay, well, this was an awesome decision. Why didn't I do this sooner? Yeah. But it's tough. Like, there's that period. Like, you got to make the right decision. You got to get the right person. You got to have everything in place. And then there's still a really tough period before it's it profitable to you. <laughs> Although sometimes she's as bad as me because she's in the parts business too. So oh, okay. Yeah. All right. so, you know, she'll talk to. And then, uh, but she does like to, We do like to kind of quiet at home. Yeah. My girlfriend's eyes glaze over when I start talking about this stuff. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's awesome. Now, when it comes to like actually working and fixing on cars, my wife's like, mm, she's out. Like, she can tell you anything, but she can tell you where, where something goes for it, like and how it's cataloged and where it's back back there. Like that's like, I'm like me. That's my least concern. <laughs> 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 Until I'm running around there like an idiot trying to find it. Like, where the hell is this? <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, man, I really do appreciate you having me on again. And uh, yeah, same here. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, it's good to catch up with you too. All right, that's gonna do it for today's episode. Thank you for Donnie for joining me on the show today. Really appreciate it. Also, want to say thank you to everybody out there listening and offering feedback on the show. Really appreciate that too. But with that out of the way, let's all get out there, start fixing the world one car at a time. <laughs>